You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. We are doing our state of the positions as we move along here and we shift from mini camp to training camp. We just talked about the quarterbacks. You know Josh Allen's number one, Case Keenum's number two, Matt Barkley's number three. But when we get to the running backs, the conversation gets a little trickier. So, Sal, as we look at the running back depth chart, are we both in the same position to say who number one is? I think I know my answer, but I'm curious to hear yours. I don't think there's any doubt that Devin Singletary, to me, is running back number one. And in fact, the way I'm going to say this might sound a little weird to some people. I don't think James Cook actually put that more in question. I think James Cook might have solidified that more for Devin Singletary. Because to me, they didn't draft a guy to compete with Devin Singletary. They drafted a guy to be more of a compliment to Devin Singletary and to do something different than Devin Devin Singletary can do, which is not really carry the ball on first and second down. And that's where I think I agree. I think that Devin Singletary is the number one running back. I think that after that, James Cook is the third down running back. And then after that, we get into the questions of what is Zach Moss at this point in his career? Does Duke Johnson have a chance at making this team? And Taiwan Jones, he's going to make the team for special teams reasons. I don't think he really has any role on offense, but that's the conversation that we're having. I think Devin Singletary is their guy at least on early downs, but I think on third down, almost regardless of the situation, James Cook is going to be the guy on the field. Maybe if it's third and inches and Zach Moss is on the team, he'll be who they trot out there. But I don't even know if Zach Moss is going to make this roster, let alone be on the, be on the team. Yeah. I think that's what this comes down to for me. As I sit here today, as we record this on June, (laughs) excuse me, June 20th, um, What are the chances? What are the odds Zach Moss is on the team? I might put them 50-50 at best, to be quite honest with you. I think that's where I'm looking for Zach Moss going into his third year. Just He hasn't been as productive as they would want. Now you have Devin Singletary kind of taking that lead role, if you will. They did draft James Cook. They did bring in Duke Johnson. I'm not saying he's going to make the team either. I don't know, but it does at least push the odds against Zach Moss even more than what it already would be. It's weird because this regime has very much taken care of their own when they can. And Zach Moss is a branded mean draft pick and he's a draft pick in the third round. So it's not like they were just throwing a flyer at a guy. They were taking a guy that they thought was going to contribute. I mean, it's the same round that Devin Singletary was taken in. But up to this point, two years into his career, and there have been some injury concerns, he hasn't flashed the way the Bills thought he would flash. When they drafted him, the whole conversation was it's a really nice compliment with Devin Singletary. Singletary is your your slippery guy who can do a little bit of everything, but maybe doesn't have the between the tackles, you know, skill set that you would like a guy to have. And that's where Moss would come into play. He also can catch out of the backfield. He can do 
do a little bit of everything. So that was kind of supposed to be their plan. It just hasn't worked up to this point. And I mean, Devin, or excuse me, James Cook was a second round pick. James Cook is going to get touches on this team. He's going to get carries on this team. I don't think he's going to light the world on fair with his numbers, but there is a role on this team for him. And Devin Singletary is also a lock. And I think Taiwan Jones might be a lock too, just because of what he does on special teams. Because so he's right Taiwan. Back, he's just because he's Taiwan. I mean, Taiwan's always on the team. They just love Taiwan Jones, man. That, that's what I mean. Like he is a staple. So right there, you've got three guys. I think the James Cook addition in the draft makes it really unlikely that Duke Johnson makes the team. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they think that he's got some juice that Moss doesn't have. And yeah, they, they really got to figure something out with that because I mean, that's a third round pick not that long ago. And do you, do you put, do you give Zach Moss more of a chance to make it than Duke Johnson or vice versa? Zach Moss more of a chance because he's younger, he's yeah. cheaper. He is one of their guys. He knows the system because he's been around here. But I don't think that it's like you said, it's 50 50. Maybe I would say it's 60-40 for Zach Moss, but I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's on this team. You want a real dichotomy? How about this? I think as much as drafting James Cook hurts Zach Moss, it might have saved him as well because without drafting James Cook, Duke Johnson becomes that guy they need, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, want, they went after J.D. McKissick to be that guy. He was going to be the guy that catches the ball to the backfield. They didn't get him. They thought they had him and didn't get him. So now they need that guy. So they get Duke Johnson. We're going to keep Duke Johnson. Well, now you don't need to keep Duke Johnson. You get to keep, you know, um, you get to keep James Cook. But that still maybe maybe keeps a role for Zach Moss because you don't have that backup. The backup Duke Johnson isn't like a backup to Devin. He's more of James Cook, right? I mean, yeah. to me, that's the skill set. So that may have saved him there. It's really I I could see I could see Zach Moss making this team because they want to have the extra guy, but maybe not getting a jersey on game day. I mean, because yep. last year we saw they didn't they didn't dress all these guys all the time. That would be the situation I could see, but maybe not. And then you have to think about Reggie Gilliam and how he factors in here because he's what is he a running back? Is he a tight end? Is he a fullback? With the tight end room as crowded as it is now, I, I mean he's he's really more of a hybrid. And to me, he can be that blocking guy out of the backfield. He can be a guy who can leave in for extra protection, a guy that you could do a, a few different things with. So, and I think Reggie Gilliam because of his skill set on special teams. He also is a guy I don't, I don't see them moving on from. They love all the different things he can do. And I think it also, and we'll talk about this on an episode down the road, but the wide receiver situation and the tight end situation has a direct you know, impact on the running back situation because how many guys are they able to keep? How many positions are they going to be able, you know, how many running backs can be on the 53-man roster? Right. It's not going to be more than four. Four is the ceiling, and we know that Singletary, Cook, their locks. Taiwan Jones is close to a lock. And then you've got another guy. So Zach Moss, maybe there's a role for him, but at the same time, he's got to prove that he's worth it. Cause up to this point in the opportunities that he's had, he hasn't really made the most of them. There have been flashes, but those flashes haven't been consistent. And I know a lot of bills fans are probably listening to this and they're like, why do we even care? The bills are a pass first offense. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's their best player. The ball should be in his hands. And while that's right, the Bills offense last year was at its best when they had any semblance of a threat to run the ball. I am not going to be the guy that sits here and say the Bills need to run the ball 20 times. again. No, absolutely not. But they need to be effective when they completely zero in on the passing game. Okay, but 
this does bring up a great question. This is like one of the big debates we have all the time on WGR on our shows. And we spend hours on these things and people call in and it's the Josh Allen running factor, right? So we can't talk about this without talking about how much he can factor into what we're trying to say here. Josh Allen is used in the red zone. He had 122 carries last year, but we also saw or think a lot of people think maybe they just don't want to have him carry the ball as much. Maybe last year even saw a little bit of a scale down and then when it was needed, they did. I think maybe that's what they want a little bit more of. Hey, let's prolong this guy's career. We're paying, paying him a lot of money. He doesn't have to run all the time. Sure. If it's there, less designed runs early in the season, maybe just, I'll give you a great example. The Kansas city Sunday night game. Bills go there and win. Mm-hmm. We didn't see Josh really run the first few weeks. And everybody's like, Hmm, haven't seen Josh run first series of that game. Josh runs, Josh runs, Josh runs, gets a touchdown. We don't see him run the rest of the game. They used it in a specialty situation. What about him running and being a part of this running back mix and how that impacts how many running backs they might even keep and how they use them, Matt? So I don't think it should have an impact on how many running backs they keep because I don't necessarily think you would ever get to a point where you would need to go that far down the line to get to the guy that you want to get the bulk of the carries. I think Josh should still be a factor in the run game, but I think it needs to kind of be similar to what we saw last year. And I know that it took a while for the offense to really get to full stride last year. But I think that there is something to be said about preserving him, avoiding hits when possible. I think once you get down to the final stretch of the season and the playoffs, all the, you know, just go all out, do whatever you got to do to win the game, just like they did in the playoffs last year for the first two games. And I think the real turning point last year was the Tampa game. You know, in the first half of the Tampa game, the offense couldn't do much. And the second half, Josh started to use his legs. He actually finished that game getting hurt and he was in a boot and we didn't know if he was going to play. But from that point on, the run game produced by Josh Allen became a major threat and that opened up a lot of other things for the Bills offense. So I think there does need to be a balance. And I know that they're a better offense when he's running the ball. But I also don't think you necessarily need him to do that to win games in October and November. I think you're a good enough offense without that piece to think, you know, use it sparingly like they did against Kansas City and then unleash the offense in December because you're also probably going to catch some people off guard. Not a ton. They know Josh Allen is a weapon, but maybe more than they're expecting. To put a bow on the running back situation, just want to take a look back. Well, first of all, we'll say, We did not talk about Raheem Blackshear. He is an undrafted free agent out of Virginia Tech. Don't expect him to make the team unless you do. I don't think you do. Um, Probably a practice squad guy. He takes the spot of a guy like Antonio Williams, and that's what I wanted to bring up. Two names that we've heard from in the past. Antonio Williams, who a lot of fans really liked watching on the field. And Matt, Christian Wade is no longer on the Buffalo Bills. I just want fans to know that who ask me still to this day, what about Christian Wade? What about Christian Wade? He is no longer in the NFL. He's doing his own thing. He's actually got like, he's a musician. He's a part of some music company. He's doing his own thing. He's a great guy. I love Christian Wade, but he is no longer playing professional football. He is not on the Buffalo Bills roster. All right. So yeah, save your comments for when everybody gets <laughs> mad at Sal and I that we're not talking about Christian Wade. As I think back on all of the training camps <clears throat> that I've covered and all the Bills teams that I've covered, running back is the one position that's been consistently strong. Because you think back to the quarterback and you're like, wow, it wasn't that long ago that we were covering a training camp when the quarterbacks were Matt Castle and Nathan Peterman and Tyrod Taylor and all of these random guys, AJ McCarron, throw him in there. But the running backs were always good because it was LaShawn. And then before LaShawn, you had was who was right before LaShawn? Was it still Spiller? Uh, Carlos Williams was there. 
Carlos Williams had a cup of coffee for like that one season. That was 2015. Carlos Williams was, he had a really big touchdown. Yeah. That touchdown year, right? Against the Colts, I think. Yeah. What, so what, what year. year are we talking about? Like 2014, Fred Jackson, yeah, Fred Jackson was still, still there. there. Anthony Dixon. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So you Ooh, had, he- you had CJ Spiller, Fred Jackson, Booby Dixon, LaShawn McCoy, you, you know, really, really solid guys kind of all the way through. You're right. The first year when I guess the questions came up would have been the year that LaShawn got cut and you didn't know exactly what the running back room was going to look like, but that's when we had the, like Frank Gore played for the Buffalo Bills, everybody. It <laughs> that's a, that's like your fun fact in 10 years. You're like, oh yeah, Frank Gore played for the Bills. In 2018, Josh Allen led the Buffalo Bills in rushing with LaShawn McCoy on the team. Josh had 631 yards. LaShawn had 514 and Chris Ivory had 385. When you say the name Chris Ivory, is there a play that you think of? I have one play that I think of from that guy. Yes. Minnesota. Yep. That's the play. Catches the ball and just, he was running right at me down the sidelines. Yep. <clears throat> he was wide open and he just caught it with no one around him. He just scattered down the sidelines for like, I think what, 25, 30 yards. Yeah. That's the only <clears throat> play that I think of that was in Josh's, you know, the crazy game against Minnesota. Right. And then besides that, what do you really do? I don't think of any other big plays. <laughs> also, Mike Tolbert played for the Bills. That's yes. a fun one. That's a fun one from back in the day. Marcus Murphy was on that team. I'm looking at some of the names now. Some of these guys that were on the team. Matt, what you say though about the running backs? That goes throughout history of this team, of this organization. Yeah. I mean, you go back to Ray Braxton, Carlton Ray, and of course, um, Cookie Gilchrist and OJ Simpson. Joe Cribbs was a fan favorite in the early 80s. He was terrific. Rob Riddick. They had, they've had Thurman Thomas, right? I mean, they've <laughs> had incredible running backs. Even Antoine Smith, right? Derek Holmes, who came in for that, for that one season and what he did. Um, they've had some really good running backs throughout their history, actually. It's the same with, and this is a little bit of a hockey comparison, but like for my entire life, I'd known the Sabres with an elite goaltender, whether yes, it was Dominic Hasek or Ryan 100%. Miller. And that's why these last couple of years have been so foreign where they're trying to put the pieces together. It's like the Sabres always have a good goalie. Well, it's like the Bills, they've always got a good running back. And honestly, that's probably one of the reasons over the years why they haven't been as competitive as you would like, because sometimes having a good running right. back doesn't mean you have a great quarterback. Um, no, that's right. And, and it goes back for the goalie. The same thing. You go back to Roger Crozier and Don Edwards and Bob Sove and Tom Barrasso and all these guys they had for so long. And then, uh, and then of course they get Dominic Hasek and Ryan Miller and you know Marty Biron and those guys. So that is, it, I think it's a great comparison. Bill's running back Sabres goalies. <laughs> they, they've always been kind of strong throughout their, throughout their history, but now they have the quarterback and, you know, maybe they have some goal scorers too in hockey. We'll see. All right. So Matt and I asked on Twitter, if you had any questions for us. So we're going to get to those questions, some really fun ones we want to talk about on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. 